Welcome to Timeless Truth with Pastor Jim Thomas, a resource of the Village Chapel in Nashville, Tennessee. This week we'll be studying chapter 3 of the Apostle Paul's letter to the Ephesians. May this study equip you to follow our Lord in faithfulness, and may you continue to grow in your love for Him and His Word. If you'd like to learn more about the ministry of the Village Chapel or discover more resources like this one, visit thevillagechapel.com. Now, here's Pastor Jim. Good day, folks. Pastor Jim Thomas from the Village Chapel here in Nashville, Tennessee, with your daily devotional. We're walking through Ephesians together, uh, Monday through Friday, 15 to 20 minutes a day, uh, a chapter a week, six weeks running, and uh, here on Timeless Truth, looking forward to uh, chapter 3, verses 8 through 12 today. So much there. The Apostle Paul responding to a lot of the questions we even have ourselves about our own uh, existence. What does it mean to be a human person? What's the meaning of life? What's my purpose as a believer, as a follower of Jesus? What can I hope to accomplish? And so I'm I'm thrilled to look with you at these few verses here today. Uh, Let me read the text first, and then we'll just kind of draw out of it. Uh, I've got four or five things that I've isolated that I think are just really uh, brilliant of the Apostle Paul and uh, timeless uh, in the sense that they really do express some of our own longings as well. Verse 8 reads like this, To me, the very least of all saints, this grace was given to preach to the Gentiles the unfathomable riches of Christ and to bring to light what is the administration of, of the mystery which for ages has been hidden in God who created all things. Um, He says, in order that the manifold wisdom of God might now be made known through the church to the rulers and the authorities and the heavenly places. This was in accordance with the eternal purpose which he carried out in Christ Jesus our Lord, in whom we have boldness and confident access through faith in him. Now, if you kind of caught me running out of breath as I was reading that, um, it's true. It was all one great, big, long, Pauline run-on sentence. He's the king of that, isn't he? Um, but there's so much here. And if somebody were ever to ask the question, what is, you know, this morning, before my feet hit the floor, what can I be thinking about? What is the purpose of my life? What is my meaning in life? And especially once you become a believer in Jesus uh, and a follower of Jesus, a disciple, if you will, if we're looking to grow in the knowledge of the Lord Jesus Christ and to learn to walk in light of the gospel, uh, this is a great passage, actually. So verse 8 just launches with a great idea. Um, He says, to me, the very least of all saints. And that's, you know, just stop for a second. Who's this saying this? It's the Apostle Paul. And I know he says elsewhere he's the least of the apostles. But here he's saying he's the least of the saints. Is this some kind of faux or false humility? No, I don't think so. I think he really had that that awareness uh, of his great need being met in the person and work of Christ. I think he also understood what an unlikely choice he was. I mean, because uh, as we read in the book of Acts, he recounts this story over and over again about how the Lord Jesus appeared to him on the road to Damascus and he was on his way to go to Damascus to persecute Christians. 
Um, and he was guilty in many ways of working against or at odds with the Lord Jesus. And so he's quite an unlikely choice. He goes from being a persecutor to becoming a preacher. He goes from um, being somebody who is working at odds with God to becoming an apostle, uh, a sent one, if you will. And he says, to me, the very least of all the saints, grace was given. And that's what it takes, people, every single day. Uh, It's grace, not performance. I don't wake up in the morning and go, God, you're so lucky to have me on your team this morning. No, I wake up every single morning and the best thing I could possibly do for myself is to remind myself of the grace that's been lavished upon me. Mm, So true. To me, the very least of all the saints, grace was given and it had a purpose to preach to the Gentiles the unfathomable riches of Christ. There's lots of unlikely stuff going on here. This is, I'm going to call this sort of the the theme of of verse 8, unlikeliness. Um, He was an unlikely choice, the Apostle Paul, and he was an unlikely choice for a lot of reasons, but one of them is he was an unlikely choice to go and preach the gospel at all to anybody. Why? Because he was working at odds with it. Um, here was this kind of self-righteous Pharisee, um, well-educated and all that sort of thing. So maybe he had theological training and all that. But now here he is literally being sent out to preach the gospel that many of his colleagues, many of his own um, people that he was educated alongside of would have been uh, working at odds uh, against what he was preaching, this gospel that he was preaching. So lots of unlike, unlikely the Gentiles, unlikely because from the Jewish standpoint, um, the Gentiles, I mean, the Jews were the chosen people of God, not the Gentiles. So it'd be unlikely that God would want to send somebody to preach to the Gentiles. Um, so, so many, so many things. The unfathomable riches of Christ, kind of unlikely as well, because some would say, ah, that guy who was put on a cross, he was buried, he was crucified. It's unlikely anything good's going to come of that. And evidently, um, this man who was crucified, who was dead, who was buried, and they knew what dead and buried meant back then. Um, they knew what dead was, much closer to it physically than most of us in our day and time. Uh, They knew what buried was like, 75 pounds minimum of spices and grave clothes wrapped around this dead body that they knew what a dead body looked like. And then they really mummified him. And and then they rolled that, you know, the Romans rolled that gigantic stone across the tomb, probably weighed a ton or more. And the unlikely thing is that anybody might come out of that tomb alive again. Uh, resurrected, if you will. So what a story, what an amazing story this is. So unlikely is is one of those things. And I I just have to say, God often chooses the unlikely to accomplish the unimaginable. And here's the apostle Paul. And you know what? It might be you today. It might be me today too. The unlikely choice that he would use me. Uh, I woke up grumpy. I woke up uh, restless. I woke up um, wondering what my reason and purpose of life is. And here, here I am in this text, and, and here you are in this text. And in that state, he still chooses to use us, unlikely choices though we might be. And he chooses us to do the unimaginable. 
And just like he did with the Apostle Paul, it would be unimaginable to a Jew that somebody would go and preach the good news, the gospel to Gentiles. I must hurry because there's so much more I want to say. Verse 9, to bring to light what is the administration, that word there in the Greek uh, is the same word that you might, in some of your, your English Bibles, you might say the stewardship. Um, so he's, he's one who's serving, if you will. Um, he's helping to uh, serve the purposes of uh, King Jesus in the kingdom of God. So he's to be bringing to light uh, what is the administration of the mystery, which for ages has been hidden in God who created all things. And so the whole idea is that, that that the God of the Bible from all the way back in the book of Genesis had been planning to bless all people, all nations, all people groups uh, through this uh, through the, through the seed of Abraham, which really is is a, a foreshadowing of the person Jesus Christ, the person and work of Jesus. And so now the Apostle Paul has this story to tell, this mystery that for ages people couldn't figure out, didn't understand. God has made it really clear and set it right in front of everybody, a living, breathing human person, Jesus, um, who entered space-time history and brought the good news for us, to rescue us, to, to pay our ransom, if you will, and redeem us and to offer the salvation of God to you and to me. And that's pretty good news. Again, need to remind myself of that each and every day. So the, Apostles Paul, the, the Apostle Paul's uh, purpose and mission to preach, verse 8 says to the Gentiles, verse 9 says, to bring to light. That's as if to carry that lantern over, you know, in olden days, carry a lantern over in through the dark and to hold it up. If you want to, if you're like me and, and you'd think more in modern terms, you, you're the guy that, you know, goes to Costco and buys the biggest, brightest flashlight you can buy. I, I got a buddy. I sometimes we, we have kind of a flashlight competition who can, who can come up with the brightest flashlight, you know, and, uh, and that's, that's the idea here to, to, to cast a light upon um, this mystery, uh, which for ages has been hidden in God who created all things. In other words, salvation is wrapped up in the person uh, and work of Jesus Christ. And we're shining the light on that today. You and I, we have an opportunity to do that. There are lots of folk who are in darkness, don't understand what this Christian thing is all about. And we have an opportunity to shine a light on it, if you will. Verse 10 is really powerful too. He says, in order that the manifold wisdom of God might now be made known through the church to the rulers and the authorities in the heavenly places. First, a little bit about the last part of the verse. It's a little, it's a little um, hard to figure out. Lots of commentaries um, have differing views on all of this. Let's take it in, in its broadest uh, sort of interpretation, if you will. Uh, God wants to put on display his manifold wisdom. That's his multifaceted, beautiful wisdom, multi, um, almost um, incomprehensible. It, it's, his thoughts are higher than our thoughts. His wisdom is deeper than our wisdom could ever be. But the Apostle Paul says that, you know, today on this day, I'm going to get up and I'm going to be shining a light so that the manifold wisdom of God might now be made known 
through the church. The Apostle Paul is telling the church at Ephesus this. And I'd say the same thing to you if you come to the village chapel or whatever church you might go to. If you're a part of the worldwide church of God, uh, those who trust Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior, who recognize Uh, as we do, that we are sinners, we need a savior, that Jesus died on the cross to pay the price for our sins. He rose again from the dead to offer us new life in his name. And so we trust him, we place our hope in him. And that's something I wanna shine a light on. Why? Because there's so many people that need to know that. They need to know about this manifold wisdom of God, this multifaceted plan of God to offer salvation to the unlikely ones. And we are all the unlikely ones. And all of the people that you can think of right now that you're going to encounter today, you might know some of them that you're going to encounter. You might also run into some people um, uh, serendipitously, if that's a word, um, uh, by what you might think is happenstance. And I would say it's always um, it's always some kind of a, a divine appointment. The Lord orders our steps. He's numbered the hairs on my head. He's numbered the hairs on your head and he keeps track of everything that belongs to him. That's really remarkable, isn't it? When you think about it. All right, got to go on more. Verse 11, all of this was in accordance with the eternal purpose, which he carried out in Christ Jesus, our Lord. Remember that phrase in Christ? Um, It's, it's, uh, I think more than 20 times in the book of Ephesians. And it's a critical and a crucial theme to see your life in Christ to see your identity in union with Christ, um, to see your purpose, your mission in life in Christ, all categories of your life in Christ, is to know, to, to trust, as we've read here in verse eight, that with God, he's gonna often choose the unlikely ones. That's me this morning, that's you today, whatever time you happen to be listening to this sort of thing. All of this is in accordance with his eternal purpose. He's been thinking about you for a long time. He's been thinking about you and this day, even this hour for a long time. You say, how can he do that? And I can't explain infinitude and I can't even comprehend it. All I know is it's one of the attributes of the God of the Bible, that he is infinite, that he's not bound by space and time, but he can enter space and time if he so chooses. That he created everything that is in the universe, and yet he himself is uncreated. He always has been. And so, it is, which is just so beautiful, so majestic, so it makes God so transcendent. And that's exactly what you're longing for and what I'm longing for and what all of our friends are longing for, all of our family members are longing for, um, is some connection with transcendent that will make their ordinary lives remarkable in some way, that will put hope and wonder and awe back in their hearts and, and, and satisfy the deepest longing of their hearts with, an, with, with the understanding that they belong to the one who has for the ages, all the way back to the beginning, he's got this eternal purpose. And then verse 12, got to get to it real quick. In whom, that's Christ Jesus, we have boldness and confident access through faith in him. All right, once again, in him is brought up in Christ, referred to over and over again, as I said. And what do we have? Verse 12 says, we have boldness and confident access 
through faith in Christ. Boldness in what way? Just to become arrogant and become um, braggadocious? No, boldness before God, understanding ourselves to be sinners, understanding ourselves to have been in great need of a savior. We now, because of Jesus, because of who he is, and because of the manifold wisdom of God on display through the life and teachings of Christ and the finished work of Christ on the cross and the resurrection itself and his promised hope of return, all of that, because of all of that, we have boldness to go before God. And we have also, it says right here in verse 12, confident access. That is, I don't go sheepishly, kind of with my head down like this anymore. Why? Well, because I trust in Christ. I don't trust in Jim. You can enter the throne room of God because his throne of grace has tossed open the doors and bid you come in to his throne room of grace um, that you might find mercy and grace and forgiveness and hope and be restored in the person and work of Jesus Christ. That's amazing grace. Mm. I close with this quote by Frederick Beekner. It's from a, uh, a little known book. If, if you can find a copy of it, I recommend it. It's a great read. It's called The Remarkable Ordinary. And uh, he says, I don't know what it means to love God, really. I'm not all that good at it. But I think one of the things it means is, just as in the case of loving anybody else, you stop, you watch, and you wait. Listen for God. Stop, watch, and wait for him today. And see what kind of remarkable he might bring into your ordinary life today. Mm, that's great. Well, read ahead. We're going to plow deeper into uh, Ephesians chapter three on the next episode. Let me pray for us today. Lord, thank you for this day. Thank you for making it remarkable, even though it's ordinary. And Lord, we love ordinary and we love it that you love ordinary and we love it that you choose unlikely people to accomplish what for us are unimaginable things that you want to accomplish. F fill us with... Uh, uh, the presence of the Holy Spirit today. Open our eyes uh, to see the path that you'd have us to walk, to hear your voice speaking to us as we, as we open your word, as we lift up the empty hands of faith and pray. And Lord, again, turn this day into a remarkable ordinary day. We pray in Jesus' name, amen and amen. God bless you. Thanks for listening to today's study. Take a moment to leave a review and share this episode with friends and family. You can stay connected by signing up for our newsletter or following us on social media. At the Village Chapel, we believe God's Word is unique in its source, timeless in its truth, broad in its reach, and transforming in its power. For more resources or to support our ministry, visit our website, thevillagechapel.com.